0: Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Udicast episode 208, our fourth anniversary. Four straight years of podcast. God, it went very quickly. I'm shocked how fast it went. Uh, the green room is full, so I won't, uh, I won't take too long to get you guys set up. But joining us this week for the first time, I can't believe it took us this long, WKTV reporter Jolene Ferris. I couldn't wait to talk to her. Very excited that she came to give us a little bit of time. Uh, also this week, we're going to discuss uh, a little bit of the greater up-and-down moments of our four-year history. Plus, we'll do some news about building a wall around Staten Island, the rise of secularism in the United States, uh, a new segment about guys I thought we were done with, but they're back. Uh, also this week, history lessons, product recalls, uh, a real honest-to-God letter from Cousin Joe. Uh, and, of course, who could I fight who was 31 years older than me? All this and more, folks. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us in the beginning, in the middle, and the end, and into the future. We love doing this show for you. Four years on. We love it. Two hundred and eight, the Unicast. We are so happy to have you here. Oh yes. Trying to record your angst at starting. Your Heather is obsessed, before I even get into this episode, with looking at her phone. I can't she's, stop, I don't She's know been looking I'm... at her phone all day, apparently. I'm... No,
1: all the time. I can't stop. I was watching TV by myself the other day, and I know I picked up my phone like 17 times. You're like, addicted. I couldn't just watch TV. I had to pick up my phone
2: mm-hmm.
1: 17 times. Moving on.
2: They made an episode of Black Mirror about that. Great. They <laughs> did. They made a bunch of episodes of Black Mirror about like, that. I it I seems like, I need to go away. That one in the new season, I'm not even
1: looking though. at anything, though.
0: Mm -hmm. That's the big curse of it, right, is you end up... I I go on, a lot of times, just going through the news or going to Twitter or Reddit. Mm -hmm. A lot of of times I'll say, oh, I'm looking for stuff to talk about on the show this week. But as you people realize by now, four years in, the content I find for the show is mixed at best. (laughs) So, I mean, a lot of it's just to entertain myself. But I think, yeah, I I notice that if I'm watching a television show, like HBO show or something, like, uh, Kevin, you you finally watched Succession. We'll talk about that later, I'll ask you. But when I was watching that show, I feel like... If I got on my phone, I'd have to stop and yep. rewind the show a little bit. Because I'm like, damn I should have... I, I got distracted on my phone and right. now I got lost. So, Happening. Uh, yeah. Welcome back, folks. It's the Udicast. Episode 208. Ooh. The four-year anniversary. Um, not a really super special anniversary episode. We'll talk about a few things early on. I'm not going to make like, a big scene out of it or anything. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, four-year anniversary. Uh, Jolene Ferris from WKTV Ooh. is joining us for the first time ever. I've been... Wanting to ask her on for a long time. I don't know what took me so long to ask, but uh, very excited that she's coming to talk to us today. Uh, But as always, I'll start here. Uh, I'm joined by the Anthony Davis of this podcast, the man that we've mortgaged our future on, Kevin Sullivan, the legend. Uh, You've been here. I can taste the Nick's salt from here. (laughs) No. uh, Kevin, uh, thanks for being on every episode. Have you been on every episode? Have you missed I probably missed one. Is there one? I think he's missed one. Was there yeah, one where Justin one. sat in for you? He was away. You were away or something. Yeah, probably yeah. something like yep. that. Yep. But But uh, yeah, man, thanks for thanks for being a big part of the show. People hey. people like your content. They love what you bring to the the audience. You have a great, sexy voice. I've been told yeah. by a lot yeah, of the people. I heard out that there. Who's telling you that I have I a sexy voice. <laughs> who are you hearing this? <laughs> I heard
1: that too.
2: Nobody's telling me I've
0: got a sexy voice. <laughs> so I need to know who you're hearing this from. Uh, you know, well, I'll, I, I keep my sources private. That's how the show has succeeded yeah. for four years. I keep my sources close to the vest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we're also joined by Utica's Captain Marvel, Heather Waz. Captain She's Marvel? back. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to come up with good nicknames <laughs> for Try you guys. again. No, you don't like it? She's very popular. Uh, who would you prefer? Utica's Marie Kondo? <laughs>
1: no. I don't
0: know. Name someone you want then. I'm not
1: quite sure. We'll come, All right, we'll
0: come back around to it. Heather, uh, I don't remember exactly, I think I've talked about this before, exactly when you came on full-time as a as a member of the cast mm-hmm. i don't remember what show it is but do you remember the very first time you appeared on the podcast
1: yeah i thought i was gonna throw up i was so nervous <laughs> it was... and i'm generally good at just talking but then when i got in here i was so intimidated of kevin why? I was so intimidated. What do you mean? I just was. I don't know. I I'm was. just a meathead. I got nothing to say. <laughs> exactly. No, I was just intimidated. Oh my god! All the way I'm back. Not now. Could
0: you imagine? All the way no. back at episode eight. That was 200 episodes mm. ago. That was the first time you were on the show. You oh were yeah. Talking about the topping tree. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: I remember I was on twice. That's, That's you were
0: on, tu- uh, yeah, eight and uh, 61. You your go. first two episodes, I
1: was there.
0: Uh, yeah, you were you were an early an early person who wanted to come on the show. I like, did, I yeah. was excited. I <laughs> yeah. thought we,
1: well, I was like, I'm gonna be on a podcast. I've
0: still never been
2: interviewed. Oh, so you got more interviews than me. Oh. You know,
0: what's funny about that, Justin always tries to pitch uh, someone interviewing me as like a special episode. I'm like, I don't think people
2: care about that. They no, do I never- don't think anybody cares about n- mine either. I don't know, they, they don't. know enough really... about us. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't.
1: You guys have Who a are lot you to say. To? <laughs> I'm just saying, oh, well, fine, no one cares. I
0: think it'd be hard. It would be hard for me to objectively interview you. I mean, I'd have to do the whole thing where I like I didn't know all this stuff. Yeah,
2: you would have to play dumb a bit. Yeah. yeah. You, would, you would have to ask questions that you already know the answer yeah. to for the sake exactly. of the viewership. Yeah. I would like to interview somebody. You should. Well, that's what we're gonna do in the next year. I'm gonna interview I you. Like you wanna to do all the interviews? No, yeah. no, I know. Just one. No, i just never one. said all the interviews. <laughs> If you pick somebody, but there are some interviews, I would, like, I would do an interview. You pick,
0: you pick one person next year. You want to, I'll try and make it happen. No. Let me know who you want, and I'll All see right. if I can get it for you. All and right. as he's walking through the studio to get coffee, Justin, you've been a big part of this show for four years. You've don't showed up don't tell a lot, people that. huh? <laughs> <laughs> don't tell people. Yes. Uh... Uh, no. Barack Obama. <laughs> The uh, Kyle Kuzma of the Utica. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, but uh, in in all honesty, uh, thank you. I want to thank Justin and Maiden Utica, everybody, for sort of allowing us to do this platform initially on, like, you know, Justin is influential in creating the website and allowing me to make this platform, you know, easily, easily accessible for all listeners and that wouldn't ha- you know not to say I wouldn't have still done the show without Justin that was doing A version. Yeah, it would have been
2: dot wordpress.com. <laughs> yeah, it would have been on Vlogspot it was at my- Wix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So dollars was the unpaid labor. Yeah, thousands of de- yeah, okay. you mean the stuff that you owe me for dealing <laughs> yeah. with you all these years? Yeah, yeah you paid for I that it's coffee. A fair trade. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Coffee
1: look free.
0: Uh, <laughs> like I said, I, didn't, I don't have a ton of prepared stuff here. I just want to thank everybody you made go for, like, allowing me to initially feel comfortable having a platform to do this. And and also helping to find guests for the show and make contacts into the community. People always scramble. Yeah.
2: When, you, when you put out the word that you're looking for somebody or you're we running short or somebody happen. canceled, mm-hmm. the team, the Avengers always assemble. Yeah. Speaking of the Avengers, two quick...
0: Uh, Two quick uh, announcements for upcoming Made in Utica, Handshake City stuff that's going on this week. Uh, Tuesday, uh, by the time you hear this, today maybe, uh, 1230, you have a new mural coming up uh, mm-hmm. from Julia Carr, who's an American Exchange student here, doing a new original mural to go with a lot of the really dope artwork we already have down that's at awesome. Handshake City. So stop down tomorrow and check that out, or today, on Tuesday, if you're hearing it today. Uh, and then Thursday, the Maiden Utica crew is pouring at Saranac Thursday, it looks mm-hmm. like, for Floodwood. So, that's what
2: I've heard. Oh, Floodwood? Yeah, that's That's the, a really good one. That's a good one for That's a really good right one. Here. That'll be a lot of fun. Are you guys going to pour? Yep, uh, I am. I,
0: I might be getting talked into it, it sounds like. You um, should definitely do it. Okay, I'd like to do it. Be you fine. should 100% do it. Uh, they got to send me the stuff to fill out if that's the case. But you yeah. Just yeah, go yeah. Online,
2: click yeah online. it's not that serious. <laughs> two seconds. Cliff,
0: call me up. Cliff, the first episode of the show, by the way. Cliff Montoni, mm-hmm. our first oh. guest. So it ties it all around. I talked about episode zero last week, Justin. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> and again, thank you to all the guests we've had over the years who've come back numerous times. I'm not going to like list everybody off. We've had so many, like, two times, three times, four times, time. four times, ten times. Yeah, yeah. I also. Very quickly did something before we got in the eye. I look back through a lot of the stuff that we've done, just all the different podcasts as you scroll through iTunes to yeah, look it yeah. up. Do you remember when we did the live podcast with Aaron Higgins at the TEDx Utica event? One of the only live podcasts. I do, yeah. <laughs> I remember of, being there. I the something. only live weird. podcasting thing we ever did. We had no idea really what we were doing. It was really early on. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Aaron Higgins, by the way, who we didn't mention yet so far. But again, yeah. I talk about it all the time. She's My- the best. My initial mm-hmm. reason for wanting to pitch the show was to give Aaron Higgins a platform, and it sort of evolved into what it is today. Mm-hmm. But shout Aaron, out to
2: Mara as well.
0: Yeah, shout out to Mara as well. Mara was the first time I ever had a guest where I was like, I want to make this person a part of the show all the time. <laughs> uh, and then she went down to Florida, and then uh, now she's back, I think. Or she's uh, somewhere, somewhere around here. She's somewhere around here, but shout out to Mara. Mara, if you're well.
2: listening, shout us out. Let us know where you are. Shout
0: us out. <laughs> um, all right. And the other one, I was going to say, we did the podcast from Brooklyn. That was a lot of fun, live we did. from Brooklyn. Uh, the other one that I almost forgot about was we did the live podcast from your brother's bachelor party. I think it wasn't live, yeah, live. Did we, but we, we did,
2: did we do the whole podcast or we just do the interview? We did
0: the interview in the room with your brother, with the whole with the whole squad squad, squad, squad around it like, doing commentary. Yeah, if you go
2: back and look at the episode with my brother, if if you know anybody who listens now, somebody picked up the show later, listens. It's a really fun interview. Everybody was out at like the like bachelor getaway weekend up north, and everybody is hammered. And there's like ten people in the room. And it's all about uh, love, marriage and commitment. And it's yeah, really it's wholesome and also funny. <laughs> yes. I would love to hear that. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a good one. It was a lot of fun. Um and I guess uh I guess that's it. Do you guys have anything you want to say before I move on to the rest of the segments? Any thoughts about four years of this? It's crazy it's, it's been awesome. four years. It doesn't feel like four years. And no. I think because it's been weekly and because we haven't missed a week and there hasn't been that like stagnation, I, I just sort of I don't wanna say it's become routine. But it's become a part of my, like, my process. No, it's become a part of
1: my life now. I like just natural now to come here and do this every week and that's
0: it. And I hope that's how it feels for all you listeners out there, that you have, the folks who stuck with us from the beginning, that, uh, you know, it's natural for you to come back and enjoy uh, spending time with us and the guests we bring on every week.
2: It is my favorite part about doing the show has been when people come up to me. Um, I'll be like at a different event somewhere. I'll be out in public. Somebody comes to me like, "Hey, I really liked what you said about, or you know, like talking about something that I said on the show or in context, and wants to engage me about it. Um, that's always really cool and yeah. kind of humbling. But
0: weirdly, no one ever says about any of my takes. I no one's women. ever like, "I love that take." I have women
1: <laughs> who message me on Instagram sometimes. Do you they yeah. say things that makes me kind of feel what good? What do they about say?
0: Me. Name them. They
1: say I'm like a f- the f- of the foil. <laughs>
0: the foil Mm, foil. it's true a couple
1: people different people say that which is nice it's important
0: it's important I think uh, underappreciated the amount of uh, what you bring to the show sometimes to break up the monotony of me and Kevin doing me and Kevin stuff (laughs) (laughs)
1: even my professor just last week from college Hmm. listens to us yeah yeah.
0: shout out to the professor
1: Brian McDowell shout
0: out um, all right, do you guys want to move on to some, some actual news stuff this week? Sure. Yeah, yeah, let's crank through. All right, we're going to talk about something we haven't talked about before on this show, but it's an important topic. Building a wall. Have you heard about them building a wall around Staten Island? <laughs> Have you read this story? <laughs> Who's building it? The people outside of Staten Island? <laughs> Keep them in Staten Island. Uh, No, this is actually uh, something that New York City... I'm not City, surprised. Yeah, it's something they're discussing in New York City about uh, how climate change has led to increasingly violent storms in New York. And uh-huh. I know that you and I uh, and Steve went down to Long Beach uh, yeah. a years ago to visit our friends... After uh, they had
2: that hurricane, yeah. Yeah,
0: and to see the amount of like damage that was left over afterwards, like yeah. in the in the time afterwards, uh, was really... It was shocking. It was crazy, It was yeah. really, really, it really crazy. really was. Uh, so what they're talking about doing is building basically a massive uh, seawall around the front of Staten Island to sort of stop the storm mm-hmm. surge. Uh, mm-hmm. There's questions about what it will actually do to the environment, like putting that out there. It doesn't I mean, uh, to quote Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, you know, life finds a way. If you put a wall, I feel like the, the storm's probably going to find a way to get over it too. But still better than nothing, I assume, yeah. right? Building this wall can't be any worse than no coverage on the shore destroying all these houses. I don't know.
1: No, I think they have, they're scared and they have to do what they need to do. Hmm.
0: I just think when I read it, "build a wall around Staten Island," I assumed it was an Onion article written by someone from Brooklyn. <laughs> do you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I. I it's, it's a pretty. There's actually a pretty interesting Vox video about showing the conceptually what it looks like. But mm. um, I wonder if you'll see more stuff like this because for of, sure, for sure, yeah, 100%. or like oh, Yeah, we're, we like living near the ocean as people. It well, seems
1: we're, New York will be right in the ocean soon. It's true, Utica. <laughs> this Utica is going to be lakefront ocean. property. <laughs>
0: Uh, we've talked in the, let's move on to our next story uh, we've talked in the past about religion a little bit on this show and how um, you know I've talked about how I'm basically atheist agnostic depending on the day and how I feel but I've moved away from sort of religion in my day to day life uh, the 2016 Public, Re- uh, Public Religion Research Institute released some numbers this week saying that uh, since the last time they did the poll uh, in the past five, uh, five years ago the percentage of Americans who don't affiliate with any religion has gone up 8% uh, and there were some interesting things in these graphs that I um, that we're going to go over in just a second. But one of the things they talked about is that most Americans, like 70% of Americans, even though they don't necessarily feel religious, still feel spiritual or connected to some sort of higher power. Mm-hmm. Uh, can, I, I can't exactly – I don't have any other take besides. I thought it was very interesting, but it seemed to make a lot of sense uh, in sort of these modern times. People seem more willing to commit to something less <coughs> – uh, less stone cold and concrete and written down. People are disillusioned
2: with yeah. all the religions. I mean, people are delusioned with you know the Catholic Church aiding and abetting and spending the money that you donate at church to cover up for the systematic abuse and rape of children. Mm, true story. So people are disillusioned <laughs> with that. Uh fight me on Twitter if you want. Um, <laughs> people are disillusioned with a lot of people who are you know consider hold themselves up to be the most religious people, using their beliefs as a cudgel. Yeah to To look down on other people and to oppress other people, I mean, people are starting to see that, and people are starting to wake up. You know, we've become a a worldwide and a global community much more than the way that used to be years ago. It was insular, and you only know the people in your community, and that's the only people you have access to. Now, people look at it; they're like, "Wait a minute, you guys aren't doing anything the way it says to do it in that Mm -hmm. book of yours." So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me.
0: I think what's interesting
2: too is again, working in, in education, I, I've been around a
0: lot of, I work in a very diverse school. A lot of kids from different backgrounds, Muslim kids, you know, uh, Catholic kids, Jewish kids, uh, different countries, different races, backgrounds. And what sort of connects them, especially at the young age is just the fact that they're teenagers and they mm-hmm. like young mm-hmm. stuff. And it's really wild to see how little they sort of care one way or the other about what the other people believe in on a spiritual level on yeah. a religious level. But it's also interesting to see the way that technology makes them question the religion they grow up with i know a lot of students i've had over the years who are grow up in backgrounds that are a little more conservative and they're like well i found out some information um you know that questions what i believe what does that mean it's like i just means keep that information in for now and as you get old enough to make decisions you can make your own decisions but now that platform for discussion and questioning is there that didn't exist 10 to 15 years ago i think too uh a couple of things i thought were really interesting actually on here uh so uh, here's the things that people uh tend to say that provide the sense of community the most for them now in the wake of religion uh, number one is family 80 p- 80% of people find that friends spirituality is three over religion then work then the internet is it sad that the internet is that high or is it telling <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> Uh, A lot of people who are looking for the more, uh, what would you call it, the regular community and activity building stuff seem to be finding it in exercise classes, it feels like. That's what people seem to be participating the most in, in these polls, Mm -hmm. in terms of social activities that they do at least once a week. Right.
1: I can understand that one.
0: Um, And again, I'll share the link. It was on Vox. There's a lot more stuff like this. I just think it's it's telling that the conversation around this changes as we get more and more into the technological world. People can find more and more stuff. Uh, Alright, where are we at? 15 minutes here? Let's do one more segment real quick uh, before we close out, and then uh, we'll go to this week's interview. Uh, Alright, so one of our favorite segments we've always done on this show, uh, that I've always done, is I'm done with this guy. Uh, but this week, we're gonna change that up a little bit for episode 208, and we're gonna do uh, I thought we were done with this guy. This is about oh, the no, return. Back. Yeah, two, of these guys, back. two people are back this week. Uh, the first one is O.J. Simpson. Um, so O.J. Simpson... Some
2: people are going nuts. He's on Twitter. Yeah, O.J.
0: Simpson joined Twitter uh, earlier this week. And I want to say, I didn't look at the numbers, but it's some outrageous number of people who are
2: following him. People love Spectacle.
0: Is that what it is? Is yeah. it just that people love a Spectacle? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty wild. He left a video on there where he basically said... He, in response to a podcast that's come out recently about him that has some, you know, saying some damning things about him, saying, a lot of there's a lot of people who I need to get payback against. It's like, man, He's go choice through. of
2: words. I mean, but that, oh. that's who the guy's always been. This is the same guy with the If I Did It book, so what yes. are you going to
0: say? <laughs> yeah, this is a, uh, a lot of people are saying this is in response to a new podcast confronting <laughs> OJ Simpson is the name of the podcast. I'm just, if you're a person who's following OJ Simpson on Twitter, mm-hmm. I guess, send us a message. On Twitter. I just want to know why, what the reasoning is. Is it spectacle? Are you is it a hate follow? Like I know a lot of people like hate follow people on Twitter. So I'm just curious mm-hmm. at what the reasoning is. I feel like I don't want to mm-hmm. follow uh I don't want to follow him. Uh and the other one is Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby is back on Father's Day of all days. Uh on while well, he's currently serving uh Time Behind Bars, his Instagram account posted a a post on Father's Day saying, "Hey, hey, hey! It's America's dad. No. I know it's late, no. but to all of the dads, it's, it's over. It's an no. honor to be called We're a over. father. So let's make today a renewed oath to fulfill our purpose, strengthening we our families and communities." Shout out! Hashtag far from finished. Hashtag America's favorite dad. So <laughs> he didn't.
1: Who would think he didn't make?
0: This is just gotta be right, like. Someone on his platform trying to like take advantage of five, Even minutes. still, so you gotta so know bad. the room, right? You
1: so bad,
0: <laughs> read the room, <laughs> read the room. So, yeah, I thought we were done with these guys. Apparently, no. which one of these is they're more egregious us, to you? Yeah. Is the OJ more egregious because he's still like alive pushing it out on his own content? Definitely, Cosby. The Cosby's more egregious. We yeah.
1: We'd expect OJ to say things and yeah, yeah. act like that. That's a, expect that wasn't expected. <laughs>
0: um yeah so there we go uh that's our last segment for right now let's go to this week's uh interview uh while we have her here uh long time you know her from wktv uh very familiar i've been waiting for a long time to have her on the podcast Uh, i have some exciting questions to ask her i'm really excited to have her on jolene ferris will be back in just a moment
3: But just barely, <laughs> admittedly, just, yeah. Just barely. And the old dog, yeah, new tricks now. <laughs>
0: um, I have to tell you, sometimes I bring people in to do this podcast. I'm, I've talked to a lot of folks on here, Congressman Brindisi, I talked to that guy who was running for governor, Larry Sharp. I've talked to lots of folks who are in like higher positions in the world than me. I was actually very nervous to ask you to come on the show. And oh I can't, god. I can't figure out exactly. I don't know why. <laughs> oh my god! I think for some reason um, it's because. I've watched you on TV for not. I don't want to. I don't want to go with. Don't TV say I watched you growing up because I won't have say. To, that. I'm not going to that. hit you. I won't okay. say that. Uh But I've, I've seen you on TV for such a long time that you've always added such an air of credibility to everything you've done on the air, at least Thank from my you. perspective. Thank you. So that when I have asked you to come on, I was like, man, I hope she doesn't like press me with a question. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> um, but I'm so happy that you were here to join us, um, and you know, and I have a couple questions that your nephew sent in as well that we'll get into oh, later on. But can't wait. Uh, <laughs> But first off, I want to ask you, uh, your what's your actual official title at WKTV? I put reporter on here, but it That's seems like you do a lot it. more. Do general put
3: Assignment put Reporter. General I mean, sometimes reporter. I'll, you know, produce or anchor if they literally can't get anyone else to do it. But <laughs> no, reporter, General Assignment Reporter.
0: Uh, and can I ask you when you first started at KTV? A year? Yes, yeah, so I
3: like to tell people I covered The Last Supper. <laughs> but I think the year was actually 19, oh my God, I'm going to age myself, 1993? 1993. Yeah, wow. I just had my 25th anniversary. 25. Anniversary. Yeah, It was 12 when I started. That's amazing. <laughs> 25. Have you,
0: um, did they throw you like a party? Did you have like an event or anything? Oh, God, no. I wouldn't even no, you want
3: were. any fanfare. No, No, I did put something on Facebook because I, th- I thought it was a really big milestone, especially mm. for this business, and I was really happy mm. and proud about it. But
0: I have to say, uh, that's probably something, and I want to get into a little bit about like, uh, you went to college for journalism, and, and when you got started... Uh, has the social media thing been a surprise? Is like, a is being in being on television, being in like journalism for as long as you had that it came up and is such an important part of it, interaction now.
3: Yeah, kind of. I mean, it added a whole new facet. Like before, now everybody's in competition because you get right. to the web first. Like before, it's like, well, the od not really because they'll have it in the morning and we can have it at five o'clock. But now it's like a universal race because you yeah. go to the web first. So yeah, it's really that's something that I.
0: You know, even from my generation, I'm. You know, I, I was like 16, I think, when my we got like the modem in my house to get on the internet. And, but I still remember a time before that when it was just you. You mm-hmm. watch the news on TV at five, and mm-hmm. the paper would show up to my house. And if you didn't read it there on TV, mm-hmm. you probably didn't read it, or you had to go looking for it. Yeah. Uh, but I want to start. I want to go back uh, for just a minute. This would like to start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jolene, where were you? Where were you born?
3: utica Morris
0: street i grew up in east utica street. Mm-hmm. uh does that mean you were you a ufa student or Not
3: last class at proctor last before class they blended at yeah. really before um really? they all three blended yeah well that was at
0: the proctor panthers still? yes i go
3: used to go to the games with my daughter and i'd be like go panthers and everyone's looking at me like is she the wrong school but, i uh, i love proctor
0: high school i went to proctor as well obviously and i i work in the district now um I've known over the years that growing up, at least from my generation, growing up and saying you went to Proctor had a certain uh, aspect to it. People like, whoa, Mm -hmm. you went to Proctor. But I'm curious, when you were going to Proctor at that time, what was was it like going to Proctor in that era? Was there still that reputation like in the the other areas that we were like the tough school?
3: No, but what's funny is when I got to Proctor and told everyone I went to Conkling, they were like, Mm. whoa, you know what I mean? Yeah, Conkling, Um, yeah. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) hardcore. Um, But no, I I feel like it was pretty mild back then. It was before, you know... Permeation of social media, so you had to actually build relationships with people. Oh, yeah. and if you wanted to see your friend, you had to pick up a landline and walk to their house. Different, different area. Yeah,
0: I think that's something too. And I, I noticed it a lot with working with my kids now. They're they're so technically savvy and they're so on the ball with like technology and the way that they can do stuff and the way they can find things out. But I always ask them like, "What are you going to do when you take that resume that you printed and go sit down in front of somebody because you guys can't talk? You have no idea how to interact right. and talk about yourselves, mm-hmm. let alone." And it's scary, and that's like what—that's uh, one of the things I really hope that in the next few years, teaching sort of comes back around on like mm-hmm. hitting a few more of those like I don't want to call it home ec class or home and careers, mm-hmm. but those sort of life skills things that we've sort of put by the wayside a little I bit, agree, unfortunately. 100%. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about this. You're in—you're at Proctor High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went to Utica College for journalism.
3: I did. Mm-hmm.
0: When did? Why journalism then? Were you fascinated by journalism at a certain age? Was there something you remember seeing early on? Because I always think, uh, doing this sort of format where I'm on talking on the radio, the mm-hmm. internet, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I still go back to listening to baseball games when I was a kid on the radio as the first time I listened to someone. I was like, I could. that's something I like to do. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a moment like that for you?
3: Um, I think the bottom line for me was I liked to write. When I was mm. very little, I'd write these silly, stupid poems. <laughs> but I was always curious and nosy, too. Mm. So it's like writing and having, like, you can't tell me no because I'll just hammer you. And, like, when friends want to introduce me to, like, a new boyfriend, they're like, do not interrogate him. Or if I meet someone, like, my sister introduces me to a friend. She'll be like, prepare to be interviewed. Like, I just, very (laughs) curious. I want to know about everything and everybody. You have one sister? I have one sister, yeah.
0: Oh, I was gonna say <laughs> I, I I grew up with two older sisters. I'm curious, is that that you guys are probably still close? Yes?
3: Yeah, she's actually ten years older, so oh, wow. very close. There was no bickering and stealing each other's clothes. She was like another mm-hmm. mother to me.
0: My sisters were actually ten and eleven years older than me, oh, and wow. I think that growing up because of that, we never had that interaction where we were mean to each other. They mm-hmm. they were infatuated with me as yes, a baby, exactly, and then by the time I got yeah. older, they were out of the yeah. house. You know mm-hmm. what
3: I mean? Exactly, very, very close. Yeah, I think that helps
0: too, because I think You know, I've said over the years, you know, my parents were divorced. I had lots of turmoil and stuff with that in my life. Having my sisters around, it was nice to have somebody who's been there with you and can sort of see the bigger picture with you, Mm -hmm. which is nice. Mm -hmm. You're still in touch, obviously, close with your sister. Oh, like 20 times a day. (laughs) All day long. Is that your number one text message friend?
3: Probably, (laughs) yes. Well, her and my daughter, so...
0: Hmm. Uh, so you're doing, were you were doing print journalism early on? Were you writing a lot when you were doing Utica college stuff, when you were talking about journalism? It
3: really was a print major. They didn't yeah. even have broadcast yet, but it's like literally on the way to the beach one day, I dropped off resumes everywhere, hmm. and KTV called me. I went. Were you interested in broadcasting at that time? I don't think I cared. I think I probably just right. wanted a job, and if I was <laughs> yeah. writing, I would be happy, and they just so happened to call, and I was really bad for probably a good two three years actually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really really abysmal isn't that the part of it though like you're it's yeah. always tough to, you,
0: they, you gotta go through the ropes a little bit you honestly do
3: it's like you gotta learn by being immersed in it and you just pick up so much doing it you know when you hope your mistakes aren't you know too catastrophic
0: I don't mean to. I'm not trying to have you bury you to college in any particular way. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious because, again, this is. I don't want to say years or anything, but how much of what you learned in that era you feel like still translates to what you do? A lot of the
3: basic, basic stuff, which, basic like stuff. you said, they need to come back to, like mm. the solid writing. Sure. Because without that, I mean, you know, what do you have? I'm like, I'm neurotic about grammar. Like, I edit menus when I go out, and I think they have to come back to that. Like, an ill-placed apostrophe will, like, really set me off. I'm like one of those annoying people, but no, like, the basic, like, the writing. And they did have, like, you know, investigative reporter in society, ethics class, law, like, communications mm-hmm. law. It was a good foundation. Yeah, broadcast just hadn't made its way there yet. Um,
0: so, 1993... You're at KTV. You're starting. Do you remember your first story on the air? Do you remember the first time? Oh, I do.
3: I didn't tell anybody. They did this audition (laughs) thing, and it was about NAFTA. NAFTA at the time, and I had people tell me that. Well, there was like a local demonstration Mm. about it, and like I went to my. I was working in radio at the time, Mm. so I went back to my radio job, and like my coworkers were like, "Oh my god!" I was laying on the couch, and I heard this familiar voice, and I was like, "What the heck?" And then I looked, and it was you, because like I didn't tell anybody, Mm -hmm. and it's funny because I like this. I went to try out like day one. I want to say they like threw me on the air and it was crazy do you
0: i'm curious and i'm sure it's probably different now that you've been there for as long as you have but did you have initial autonomy at all with what you were covering or was it just here's the story you got to go do it and that's oh, the it's, way it it's
3: goes. always the same i mean there are some things they send releases that you know, you cover, but they really look to you to enterprise stories mm-hmm. and come up with their own. And social media has been great for that.
0: Sure. Yeah. Like, I'm sure now you probably have a, a much more say. Oh, yeah. You, you just wanna... talk,
3: like, people just will call, if you build trust with people, they'll call you and tell you about yeah. things. And, like, we have a morning meeting every day and we'll go over what's in the assignment folder and then it will look to everybody and be like, all right, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? Uh,
0: have you, I don't want to get into personal politics on this show, uh, but you've covered, have you covered a lot of politics since you've been on the, you, I've seen you I've on a, covered lot of, like, a lot
3: of, everything. <laughs>
0: Have you felt, have you noticed the difference in sort of the way, like, the the discussion around it has gotten more heated in the last, like, 8 to 12 years? Have you noticed it from your perspective in the media side of it?
3: I guess it depends, but, um, yeah,
1: probably.
3: Especially as you get closer to election time. Well, because I think, too, we talked a little bit about the social media. I think
0: people... Now you have a social media platform as well that's your own name on it. You could say something on there. Is that connected to what you say on the air? Like, How much of yourself do you want to put out there? I wonder about that with this podcast. Sometimes it, maybe I've put too much of myself out there in the world, and then people will say, hey, I heard what you said about that thing. I'm like, what do you mean? They're mm-hmm. like, what's on the podcast? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. You can mm-hmm. listen to it.
3: <laughs> well, I'll tell you a deep, dark secret about mm-hmm. me in politics As since I took this job, I was so serious about it and neurotic about being – you know, thought to be biased. Um, sure. I don't even vote.
0: Don't even vote. Anymore, I
3: right? I don't. No, yeah. I don't. I just I'm to- when I say I don't have an opinion, I kind of mean it. Kind of mean it. Yeah. I'm not. You know. I am so- People, I've taken so much heat on that, mm-hmm. but I just you know. You know it it's makes sense, My though. job. My yeah. Because
0: how could you know if someone ever came back to you and said like, well, you covered this because you don't like me. It's like, oh, and someone's gonna like say anyone. you're
3: going in there and pulling the lever for somebody, yeah. and I just you know it that's bothers really me. Actually. It does, but it's a sacrifice mm. I made. Wow, I that's just it's actually really and it's a big one. You know what I mean, but. <laughs> have you
0: uh would you say i guess that sort of ties into my next question like have you noticed any sort of change in your style and technique over the years since you started like is there anything you've sort of worked on in your own that you felt like you wanted to change since early on getting question.
3: shorter i mean my I th- my stories used to be epic like two and a half minutes mm-hmm. and the producers would want to like kill me <laughs> so i had a, you have to work on brevity brevity really yeah, yeah. and it's hard because you know you want to get into detail do you really You have to really be concise and direct and to the point. And it's funny; I am like this new era for the past year or so. My packages, my stories are like a minute, minute and a half. Hmm. And it's like, wow, what happened? I used to be like (laughs) two and a half, and this and that. But some sometimes you go too short, and then that's something.
0: Well, that's something that I've noticed with this sort of format. When I've done this show for as long as I have, when I first started doing this podcast, my initial thought was, "All right, we got to have this." under 45 minutes. When I was living in New York City, people would listen to an hour and a half podcast two-hour podcast, but I'm like, I don't know if people are on mass transit the same way here. I don't know Good if they'll point. commit to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I also noticed is when I had to condense the interviews down to these short little 15-minute mm-hmm. like hit pieces where I'm just, like, hitting bullet points, mm-hmm. people didn't learn anything about the people that I'd have on the show. Mm-hmm. I, I really... Mm-hmm. like. I, I loved it like Anthony Brindisi and Joe Marino would be willing to spend 30 minutes talking to me because then you learn a little bit more about that person yeah. and not just you feel like what they're
3: they always say once you learn someone's story you can't hate them so that's it's, what I like about that yeah. yeah
0: I think and that's the the joy about this sort of digital format is mm-hmm. it sort of allows me like if this episode you know this whole episode could be like an hour 30 minutes sometimes if me and Heather and Kevin go along it'd be two hours I can still release it the same way and you know, sometimes people won't listen to it, and that's okay. <laughs> um, I have a question for you, too, because I've sort of talked about this on the air with people in Fort. Even though I'm playing myself here on this show and I'm doing an interview as Sam Familaro, I'm still sort of doing the character of Sam Familaro. Is there sort of like an aspect of like playing yourself on TV and like a, not a character, but like turning your volume up to 11 a little bit when you're on TV?
3: No, I think I like, um, I don't have that announcery. Like, voice type thing. I think I'm just who I am all the time. Mm. I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, I mean, it's obviously worked for you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, I don't think so. Mm. No, I'm just, like, I think I'm just me all the time. (gasps) Have you, you've been connected to
0: Utica for such a long time. Yeah. Was there ever any point in time you thought maybe you wanted to go somewhere different and do this?
3: Not really. Like I like years ago back in my prime, like I got a call from some headhunter that apparently is pretty big in the industry. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, you can jump markets for your like a bigger number and right. whatever, but the news we have here that we get to cover hmm. and the people and the stories are like you might not find those anywhere, you yeah. know what I mean? I mean I'm not gonna you know, as I get older. I'm like, wow, I'm over this weather, and I really would like to go south eventually, no (laughs) lie, but yeah, other than that, not really, I, I love Utica.
0: Do you have a, have you thought about when the time comes for you, you don't want to do this anymore?
3: Yeah. Um, I, you know, I never thought I could see myself doing public relations or something Mm -hmm. like that, but maybe down the road when, you know, nobody needs to see this anymore. Um, I could see myself, (laughs) but it would have to to be something I love. Like I could see doing like PR for like a big metropolitan Mm. police department or maybe DA's office Mm -hmm. or something like that, or a big city, like city of Miami. But for the foreseeable future, I'm just going to keep buying good skincare and doing what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, that's great. I love that. Um, Oh, so I want to ask you one last thing. Uh, just in sort of in your in your twenty five years you've been there, uh, what, do you, what would you say or like? What's one of the biggest like local stories you've covered, and what's one of the biggest like national stories you feel like you got to cover that you sort of sticks out mm-hmm. in your mind?
3: Well, really recently, a couple in one were um, obviously Caitlin Conley, Caitlin Conley and Word of Life too. Yeah, yeah, those were. Those
0: are yeah. Those were that was. It, it's always weird when something like that that happens on that gets that national coverage mm-hmm. feels so close to home. And And it um, was
3: weird to walk into the press conference and see, like, Fox News, CNN, whatever, and then, but they hit us right up front, which was (laughs) nice that they took care of the people they deal with every day who are delivering it, Hmm. you know, to the local, to the local market. That was, that Hmm. was nice.
0: That was one of the weird things when the presidential elections were coming, or the, the, before the, the, the... When Trump and Kasich both came around this area and we were sort of going to cover their rally speeches before, and that was the first time I'd ever gone to do something like
3: that. Mm-hmm.
0: It was weird to be on that sort of, in that sort of environment. It's, it's so straight.
3: I'll see these familiar faces walking by.
0: Well, that's the other thing, too, especially in this sort of, uh, in this sort of area where it's a bit more local. You obviously have relationships with all people in these other stations as well, too. Are you, like, friendly with other oh, people? Oh, yeah,
3: we know, yeah. like, all of them. I and mean, it's funny you think, like, you know, natural enemies or something, but yeah, we're all very we're friendly we're. and... Mm-hmm you know, help each other out.
0: Well, I think in general, especially in a a community like this, it's nice to have a little Mm -hmm. bit of competition, people in the same boat as you. It's good. It keeps everything sort Mm -hmm. of equal and even and everyone working at their best level. Yeah, I agree. Uh, (laughs) I just got to ask you this question because a couple years ago, I was at the Boilermaker sign-up event. It's got to be at least two years ago now Mm -hmm. because I've not run in the last two years. Uh, I happened to see you there at the the pre-thing and I wanted to come over and say hello to you. But as I did, there was obviously some person in the community who was talking to you and was, like, stopping to ask you some question about something. And I didn't want to, like, I was like, I don't want to, like, make a line behind this person to ask too parents a <laughs> question. So I guess my question is, how often do you get stopped in public these days? Do people stop you all the time when they see you to ask oh, you a question? Oh, all, the, all, the, all time, the time. All the time, yeah. But that's nice. Sort of use, that, is,
3: no, it's <laughs> nice that they think you're approachable. You know what I mean? It's, mm. Yeah, it never bothers me. Well, that's
0: good. That's good. It's nice.
3: Yeah, I think that's... That's
0: one that's weird, especially with this kind of format where we're not on video. Mm-hmm. People don't recognize me by my face. They'll recognize mm-hmm. me by my voice, mm-hmm. which is in itself a weird
3: concept. Sometimes <laughs> I bet when you talk you get recognized, though. Uh, I just
0: Sometimes. have to ask you a little bit, few, a mm-hmm. few times. When I used to wait tables as well as do this, uh, that would happen more often. They'd be like, oh, you're that guy in that podcast. <laughs> yeah. Can I have more bread? I'm like, all right, yeah, all right, fine, great. <laughs> <be fun>. uh, <laughs> I just have to ask, your uh, your your nephew and I were very mm-hmm. close mm-hmm. over the years, Uh He's uh one of the things we talked about is the sort of shared. I'm Syrian on one side. He's oh, got the Lebanese mm-hmm, side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always appreciated that upstate New York has such great Lebanese mm-hmm. food and Syrian food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also Italian on one side, so I'm sort of torn it's about. It's my US. daughter, Lebanese and yeah. Italian. How funny! I love. I'm so lucky that we've lived in such a in a town that's been so accepting of like Middle Eastern food. I love it so much. I'm so happy. Yeah,
3: I know, me too. Do you Most make of it... any of your own, or do you? Oh God, no, I make Italian food. Go mean, figure. Like yeah. I do sauce. My meatballs yeah. are amazing. Stuffed peppers, but I never learned the Lebanese food. I'm sad. My sister makes it
0: um it's funny my grandmother growing up made a lot of grape leaves mm. and uh, and the stuffed peppers with the lamb and stuff mm. but she never made the hummus on her own and
3: that's supposed to be the easiest thing she so. told me that she's like i just like
0: going to the carom as
3: well <laughs> she's, she's <laughs> went to care forever she's like i just like theirs better that's than my funny. own
0: um all right so i want to get into some of the lightning round questions but before i do i want to go to um before i do that i just want to say people can follow you on twitter at jolene ferris if they want to yeah. follow you there uh, you're also on Facebook. I don't want to put your Facebook page on blast. I, I don't do with, a lot on my work yeah. Facebook, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, But you interact with people on Twitter? People who go out to you? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's probably got to be a relatively new adjustment as well, as like dealing with Twitter folks. That's like a whole other ball game, as opposed to... Yeah,
3: to I'm not, ball I'm ball like, t- very tech savvy, but I mean, Twitter's, it's fine. It's easy. We tweet and we go on stories. yeah.
0: Um, that's probably the nice thing about that, too. You guys do some really nice, all over WKTV, You do some really nice, like, live, on-the-scene tweet stuff that's actually mm-hmm. really, really yeah. good that I really appreciate. The
3: young folks, I gotta learn a little from them on that. Is that's probably,
0: like, the, the, that's, that's one good question before you're letting around questions. Mm-hmm. I guess, for any of the people who are out there now thinking about getting into broadcasting journalism... What would you say to them right now about getting in this line of work about what they should sort of focus on?
3: Well, be prepared to one-man band probably for a while, which is you're going to shoot, edit, and write, and everything. I mean, they say some stations that do that are coming back to teams. I always thought it's like if you're a one-man band, maybe you can gather one or two things or a couple things. But, like, as a team, my photographer Mm and I, we come back sometimes with four or five things. So it seems (laughs) like numerically to be a wash to me. And it seems like when you're a team, you have more time, and it's more of like a craft, but... Not that there's anything wrong with having control over the whole product, start to end, but I don't know. Depends on the station and the people, I guess. Uh,
0: so I just want to quickly go to uh, what I'm calling the Eric Tuttle section of this podcast. Okay. My my good friend Eric Tuttle, <laughs> who is <here>, your nephew. <laughs> uh, Eric and I go back uh, ways. Oh. We lived in Brooklyn together. We had so that's actually where we became. I knew him up here, but we became mm-hmm. very close mm-hmm. together in our time in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all kind of look alike too. Me and him yes, and Adam are all you very do. similar my looking. God, yes. So I asked him, this is is direct from my Twitter DMs, folks. Uh, Interviewing Jolene for the podcast tonight, are there any acceptable questions you'd like me to pass along? I tried to say acceptable (laughs) as long as he could. So here's what he said. Uh, She loves true crime shows, so maybe any local stories that she would want to talk about. My question for you is this. A lot of these Netflix series and documentaries are getting big. Is there a local true crime story that we should be pitching in Netflix to make our money on right now? Is that your plan for the future? I didn't mean to cut you. Is it uh, cut that off from um, you?
3: You know, what's funny. I started writing a book about Blaney. Hmm. Remember that? The hotel owner uh-huh. on Herkimer oh, Road. No, I don't know about this one. Oh, yeah. He was, um, remember they found Linda Turner. She owned the motel or that hotel little on little Herkimer Road and they found her dead. And, uh-huh. and then they caught him in Pennsylvania, I think it was, hmm. with her car. And like garments in her car and stuff. But, um, and he was like, I think he might have been a serial rapist before that, but then he killed her. Mm. Um, like watched her there, probably saw that she was alone for days. And that was like fascinating to me and so tragic. Um, I don't know, maybe something there. I mean, I've done interviews for like BBC and other documentaries about Mm -hmm. Conley. So there are people working on that. that
0: BBC documentaries.
3: Yeah. I I just did an interview a few months ago for that, I think. I'm
0: surprised you're not into the podcasting thing more because there's so many true crime Every, podcasts.
3: And Eric tells me that all the time. That, but right now my life is like, zzz, zzz. I don't have time to introduce anything else. I barely make it through the day. I guess
0: my other one would be, uh, what are your thoughts on like Potato Hill Killer? Have they not made this into a television series Oh, yet? that's
3: like growing up. Everybody went to look for the chair yeah, and sit in the chair. Um, <laughs> I is- know a Utica College teacher Wrote a book about yeah. it. And i you're talking about Bernie Hatch. Yeah, Bernie Hatch, um, right, yeah. I actually interviewed his granddaughter once. Extremely mm. articulate, intelligent young woman. Really? Because she came across all these weapons in her house. And she didn't know if they were used in any of the murders. And I don't know how we got in touch. She called me... And then after, we brought, like, I think it was investigators or either from the DA's office or state police, I don't remember, with us the next time there. So that was crazy. It's like local lore. Well,
0: I had always heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, that, Hack, yeah, that there was the pond, there was Hatch's Pond, mm-hmm. where they, there's theoretically that's where the bodies were. Mm-hmm. But that was also where the mafia was putting bodies in the 60s, if you, I don't know much about mafia history as much. Oh, if,
3: oh yeah. That's another one that's of my another big things. Yeah, but, that was next on his every list. Every book ever written, probably, I've read about the mob. <laughs>
0: Well, it's funny, too, because, like, um, as a kid growing up with an Italian family, there's always that minute when you're young enough to watch Goodfellas but not old enough to realize that your dad is not in the mafia where you're Italian (laughs) and you go, I wonder...
3: So dad, do we
0: <laughs> do we know somebody? Do we know somebody? If I had to break somebody's yeah. legs, could I call some, yeah. Uncle Jim? Right, Is this a friend <laughs> of mine or a friend of ours. No. <laughs> uh, the so other one, he told me to say. Uh, he also told me to mention uh, that your mom was a celebrity who ran the bakery at Schnatter's. Oh <laughs> yeah, and that I saw you post this yesterday on Father's Day. Your dad was a local sheriff.
3: He was retired from the sheriff's department. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. You know. That was a nice post you put on Facebook. Oh, yesterday thank for that. You. I don't usually like people's Facebook posts because I because uh, uh, I feel like I get nervous when I go on Facebook now with what people are going to say.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I always want to do a story on that. Like, when can I like? Can you like too much? Can you become a serial liker? Like, I, what, if people like me, do I have to like their stuff? It's like so much to be done. I
0: don't like the options that they give you for how to respond to something. It's like up, down, happy, angry, sad, upset, and those are not. They're not. They're too general. Yeah. Someone will tell a sad story, and I'm like, I don't know if I should like this or should be sad about
3: it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how to. Right. Ris- we yeah. definitely need an eye roll one and for I, like. Oh. T- they would be the
0: most used one. That would that oh would ruin God. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he also said I should talk to you about local food. So I just I'll just there's a million ways we can go with local food. I don't know if you want to promote one place over the other, but if you had to pick one place for your going away meal, what meal are you going to
3: get? Uh, probably Lebanese, yeah. Lebanese. And they're all good. They're different. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? But they're all like, literally, we go to all of them. Oh, yeah. Them.
0: I rotate through most of them when my mm-hmm. sisters come in from Chicago because mm-hmm. when they live out in mid- the Midwest, they really don't have the options for that that mm-hmm. they do here. See, so. open
3: one up, you'll be rich. I've thought about
0: that. See, that was another one that your your nephew and I and uh, my good friend Adam Goldstein used to debate about was bringing upstate New York stuff to other places downstate. He basically mm-hmm. wanted to open Politary Joes in Brooklyn and just serve... Long hots and cheese and mm-hmm. bread and just do, I think he was calling it poverty food. That was his whole giving. Something to that. But, th- th- you know what, though? I've seen places try and do tomato pie. Have you seen, like, the New Jersey tomato pie? It's not the same.
3: Really? Yeah, yeah well, you got to no bring one them out the real thing, Sean. Well, I,
0: I wonder, though. I've always been told, and again, this could be total conjecture, mm-hmm that pizza's not as good anywhere else because we're in the Mohawk Valley mm-hmm. and the air pressure's right for it. That could be a totally made oh, up. Oh,
3: wow, that's interesting. It's totally I made up by maybe. I don't know, like I just need so. it. I don't know the science behind it, maybe.
0: Uh, all right. So, And he also wanted me to mention that, uh, this was a direct quote from him, so you can say uh. sweet things. Her daughter is amazing. She's the only teen on the United County Opiac Task Force. She's an oh, amazing It was a graduation amazing. today. amazing.
3: No, it's Saturday, Saturday, so I'm crying every day. I'm a basket case. <laughs> She's used to me always being so strong. So today she goes, what did she say? She me. She goes, what happened to you? Because like, I'm like crying every two minutes. It's terrible. My God, it set me off. They win money on Wheel of Fortune. I'm in tears. It's terrible. It's
0: awful. <laughs> My mom gets like this now as we get older. Too. I was good
3: all year, but now I'm...
0: Are you ready for uh? Are you ready for you haven't, even, you haven't even grandkids coming not in a long time, right?
3: Better not. She's seventeen. I
0: no, say so, yeah, time still. So.
3: Yep. Eric
0: and Eric can get start getting ready to get you some some grand nieces and nephews. 17. I
3: know my <laughs> sister would like nothing more. <laughs> I just
0: got the invitation for his yeah. uh, first thing, and it's it's so typically him. I can't even. It's it's hilarious. I don't know if you've seen it, ready? I haven't so, seen it yet. Oh,
3: oh, just the save the date one. Oh, sure. Oh <laughs> so, yeah, I want to see it, guys.
0: Uh, all right, so let's do the lightning round questions again. You can follow Jolene uh, at Jolene Ferris uh, on Twitter, or you can just see her on WKTV. I don't know if there's like, I don't know how to say like, what time Tuesday to see through you. Friday. Tuesday through Friday. Yep. Okay.
3: Generally uh, five and six, sometimes noon. I'm off Mondays. Hello. Oh.
0: All right, so I got a couple uh, quick lightning round questions for you okay. before we close out, including one special one that I just had to ask you because it's my first stupid question I thought of when I knew you were coming on. Uh, your thoughts on the actual song Jolene by Dolly Parton do you love it do you hate it
3: oh my god I walk in every morning and Katrina starts singing it and I'm like thanks for the earworm every single day she starts because then who revived it was it Pentatonix or something uh, I think uh, Miley, Cyrus have, Miley Cyrus Miley Cyrus I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah both of them I'm like oh god but, yeah my name of all things right
0: you were obviously not named after this song like no no my like dad was song. Joe
3: and my godmother was Lena oh
0: so there you go but I was wondering because like when I was growing up when I was a kid it was the Dr. Seuss thing like the Sam I. Thing when I was growing oh, up yeah, was the yeah, number yeah, one
1: yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. it's the same
0: I am. Yeah. I wonder Did you get that growing up too, like the Jolene thing?
3: Only from old uncles. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's
0: not, yeah, dad mm-hmm. jokes.
3: Mm-hmm. About- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Uh,
0: I know the answer to this question, Jolene already, but let's start right here. Uh, Jolene Ferris, WKTV reporter. Uh, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee?
3: I don't drink coffee. You don't drink. Everybody coffee. thinks it's so freakish, and it probably is. But you know what? I don't need any help coming out of the crypt in the morning. Uh,
0: however, this was another. This was a late addition from your nephew who said. Uh, Jolene would die without being, uh, without an IV hooked up to her unsweetened iced tea. Yeah, that's where I get my caffeine. <laughs> Preferably. Yeah, no, so, seriously. Iced like, tea person. That's yeah, un- good. brewed
3: unsweetened iced tea. And sometimes, like, I'll get dizzy, lightheaded, and I'm like, I'm probably dehydrated, because it's all I drink for, like, a week. Like, no <laughs> water or anything, and then I gotta lay off.
0: I actually, I, I tried to do the kick where I got off of coffee to do tea all the time. When mm-hmm. I was living in New York, I tried to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I just like a hot cup of coffee. I could get away with... I've moved away from cold brew coffee over the last few years. I'd almost just rather drink hot coffee and mm-hmm. nothing else. But I, I'd rather almost go to iced tea as opposed to iced coffee. That's all it's I drink is kind
3: of iced tea, tea. tea and spring water. Literally, that's yeah. all I drink.
0: I gotta. Soda's like the big vice of my life. i got to cut it out.
3: Oh, see, life. to me, I that's don't sweet. know how that quenches your thirst. It doesn't. It's yeah, just yeah I get it. I
0: have a sweet tooth. It's like my number oh one. Oh, my like God. Food. I have a chocolate chip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was your first, Julian, really automobile? Your first automobile?
3: That I had, I yeah. think that my parents got me in like this ancient, they don't even make them anymore. I think it was a Chrysler New Yorker. A Chrysler tiny gray New boxy thing, yeah. <laughs> Leather seats, though. I thought it was pretty bad. Yeah, was- Do
0: you have the bench seats in the front?
3: I think it was. <laughs> I think it was. Oh my, my God, they're so old. I, I think had, it had a crank.
0: I had, I had a 91 Oldsmobile that had the bench seats. It's like one of the last eras I feel like you can get a bench I'm seat like, in the early 90s. Uh, yeah. I still liked it. You may or may not have taken your Chrysler New Yorker to see it, but what was your first live music
1: event?
3: Always the police. That was a police. Really? I went to like five police mm. concerts. I had 127 police pins on my little hat. Police jackets. I knew everything <laughs> about Sting Andy and Stork.
0: It's funny. I loved the police, like, it- anachronistically. Because I, I like a lot of music from, like, before my time. Like, mm-hmm. I, so your nephew does a little bit, too. Like, Steely Dan. Like, uh, stuff like that. Like, uh, my stepdad made me listen to, like, a lot of, like... I don't love Bob Dylan as much, but that was around growing up. The Beatles, Rolling Stone, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say... Uh, Elvis Costello was the one I think it's the most out of my age range for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. uh, you still go out to live concerts now? You still go in these? Oh, days? yeah,
3: I've taken my daughter to a ton.
0: What's mm. the most recent live concert you
3: went to? All right, let me think. Recent. Oh, my God, 38 special. 38 <laughs> Two weeks special. weeks ago. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, it was so good.
0: Uh, give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching.
3: I'll be honest with you. Right now, nothing because it's senior year, and every second of my time, like every night, scholarships, award nights, orientations. She's going to U C to start and probably law school, so she could be paid to argue.
0: You know, I. I, I love that you see... Uh, when I was growing up, I didn't kind of want to go to UC. I Because I was in the era when kids didn't want to, like, stay in Utica, it felt like. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I've noticed a lot more of my students do want to stay around the Oh, area, she even you know?
3: said, yeah. even after, like, if yeah. she becomes a lawyer, she's like, this is a nice place to raise a family. She goes, I could see staying here and maybe just traveling, she just told me.
0: It's one of the great joys of coming back to Utica when I came back uh, from Brooklyn and getting involved with Made in Utica and being able to do this podcast is, like, more and more people I talk to seem so positive about... Where mm-hmm. where things are going and the upward mm-hmm. just the, the positivity that didn't exist I feel mm-hmm. like in the early two thousands you were probably
3: you're right there was a time yeah when yeah. everyone's like oh get, well 90, get out of here well
0: ninety three when you're when you first start where people is that probably starting back then too a little bit people I feel like down maybe a
3: little after that yeah. maybe yeah I, I never got it
0: I mean I think that I certainly had wanderlust at a certain age mm-hmm. and I think that happened especially for a lot of my generation mm-hmm. did have that sort of like mm-hmm. we want to go see what's out there but mm-hmm. I, also, I don't know, it was expensive to live in New York. I get a lot more for my money here. I'm closer to my family. I, yeah, I don't know just,
3: how they do it. My niece and nephew, I, it's crazy.
0: Your niece and nephew seem to love it.
3: They <laughs> they, do. Seem like they Well, Brooklyn's a little different. I love Brooklyn.
0: I say, I loved it too, but it's I said been- for many years, when me and Adam and Eric and Dano went down there, um, I knew that some of us were going to, it was going to click for some of us, and for some of us it was not. I think you you can tell pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Like I think for Adam and Eric, it was like, yep. This mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this makes sense. This well, is we're I all waiting be. to
3: see when the babies come. What happens? Because we all know how hard that oh, yeah. is, and That's like sleep deprivation sets in. I'm like, yeah. I babysit for free, so.
0: I've seen enough. We've seen enough people in in Bushwick and in Williamsburg trying to get their kids down the subway on those cars. Oh yeah, you're that, right.
3: I said the strollers nope. on these things. I'm nope. like, yeah, they'll be leaving skid marks <laughs> for you to go watch. Uh,
0: if you could have dinner with any person living or dead who is not your relative, who would it be, and why?
3: Oh, my God. You know what? Believe it or not. I mean, I'd probably answer differently if I had time, but maybe Sinatra. Sinatra. My mother just loved him so much, and he just was like the old world, you know, smoky voice and torch songs and the Rat Pack <laughs> and you, all uh, that.
0: you know Frank Canistra?
3: I know who it is, yeah.
0: Frank sure. Canistra was my dad's best friend mm-hmm. growing up, and I still is. They're still very mm-hmm. tight. But Frank used to bring me out When I was a singer growing up, I was like a mm-hmm. punk rock singer. Frank used to bring me... Out to do his shows with him And he would sing Sinatra songs mm-hmm. I would go up there Dressed like a, like a little punk rock nerd mm-hmm. My hair all pointed up At like 16 And sing mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra songs It would throw people off mm. I wonder if it's just Growing up around it But there's something about that music I always found very like I don't know It's very soothing It's very low key I lost it when I started working In Italian restaurants That's when it started I just heard it constantly All, time, all day long. Yeah. It was on, on repeat a loop and you were And then I was like I, I'm done with it now But growing <laughs> up It was like really important music
3: no, it yeah. was, and it's just, I don't know, I've always loved him.
0: Uh, and Jolene, besides uh, investigative journalism, <laughs> besides true crime, uh, besides 38 Special, <laughs> besides the song Jolene by Dolly Parton, uh, give me one more thing <laughs> that you are passionate uh, about.
3: Um, really just my daughter. Yeah. This is a crazy, it's a big year for us. Like, big birthday mm-hmm. for me, big birthday for her, big birthday for my sister, graduation. So it's really sort of a big year.
0: How bad? Would you say on a scale of 1 to 10 is your empty nest syndrome going to be when?
3: Well, she's staying here, thank God. She's going to go away in four years for law school. But I'm like, just go somewhere warm and maybe I'll follow you. you Yeah, I'll come with you. But it's still just the end of like an era for her. Like high school's done, you know what I mean? So it's just the finality of it.
0: I've struggled with it a little bit with my kids this year because I've been with the Utica school system with my current job. Uh, for about four to five years, so my first batch of kids that I got when they were in middle school are starting to make their way to see, the is end. Is it
3: hard to like see them go for good? <sighs> oh, um, yes
0: and no. Because by the time they get to the end, you're so happy of what they've done, and you know, a lot of my I'm, I'm lucky with the kids I work with are really, really great, and this is really nice group of, like, diverse kids from all over the city. Uh, and they're, like, mostly, like, uh, low-income background. So getting these kids into college and helping them with uh, with stuff is really... It's really... I, I left doing insurance because I found you no know, joy in the work that I was doing. And being able to help these kids, it goes a long way with really how much I enjoy this job. Um, and it is sad to see them go, but it's also you're happy because, like, yes, I hope this kid is ready. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that makes me the most nervous. I hope mm-hmm. these kids are ready for what the world's going to throw at them because even at 33 on the edge of my masters, I do not feel like I'm ready for what the world is throwing at me currently. <laughs> no, it is, it's, it's
3: daunting. It
0: is. Um, Jolene, we've gone about 33 minutes. Like, this is a little longer than I thought we'd go. I want to thank you so much oh. for, for coming and talking to us. Yeah. I've wanted to ask you on for such a long time. I don't know why I was so concerned. I don't
3: either. It was fun.
0: It was because... I don't
3: know what it is. I was afraid... Because that, like, I'm always talking about bad stuff on the air. People <laughs> see me talking about all this big, bad, heavy stuff and I yeah. think it's like... We morph into it and become the same. She's always talking about murders <laughs> and arson and bad things. and. Well, also, and I didn't want to
0: hear it from your nephew if I did a bad job. I'm going to hear it from him anyway. He's oh, gonna, he's no. Gonna text how could you me. do
3: a bad job? I'd be the one doing a bad job. <laughs> well, he
0: probably thinks I didn't pressure you on enough of these questions hard enough. He oh, wants me to press no. you on all these
3: questions. No, I, well, I think you don't.
0: <laughs> Philly, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, we really Sam. appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and thanks. This, by the way, this is our four-year anniversary show. I heard it yes. anniversary. Thank you. Four years of doing this every week. I can't believe how quickly the time has gone. Doesn't <laughs> it just fly? Uh, Yes, (laughs) it does fly It feels like I've gone so long with it Uh, Folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment I told her I was nervous to bring her on the podcast you did? I did because she's Heather was saying when she was listening to the she thought you sounded a little nervous you sounded a
1: little nervous
0: you did I told her she I've, I've seen her on TV doing this uh, doing her reporting for so long that she, she, a adds, a, yeah. she adds an air of credibility to things yeah. that made me sort of initially nervous to talk to her uh, even though you know we have the Eric Tuttle connection so thanks yeah. to Eric for all the questions he sent in mm-hmm. to, uh, to make things a little easier Robbie. but no it was a great time talking to her uh, also, one of the few times when the interview actually came in in the middle of recording, we recorded the first segment, went to the interview, and then yeah. came back for the second yeah, segment. Yeah, yeah, usually,
2: usually the interview's canned or coming up later.
0: Or coming up later, yeah, so yeah. So that
2: means we got to get back into rhythm. Yeah, let's go. Back into rhythm. Back into rhythm. And the only
0: way to start by getting back into rhythm is listening to me talk about history lessons. We're there? <laughs> yeah, we're unfortunately
2: here. here. Oh, no, well. Ooh, might have been a nice time to save on this date four years ago. Oh. Started the podcast and then do that. I thought about that. But you know what it was?
0: We started talking about it so much that I was like, well, I'm not going to talk about it again later on. So I just moved it to the front. Okay. That's okay. okay. Um, So on this day, 1579, you ready? (laughs) Sir Francis Drake lands on the coast of California at Drake's Bay. What did he name California when he landed there? Do you guys know? Trivia question for you.
1: That's a good one.
0: New Albion, that was the name of the up. I guess. Well, I was, in, 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 too much dead air, so I went off the air. Uh, Sir Francis Drake was an English sea captain, privateer, slave trader, naval officer, and explorer of the Elizabethan era. Uh, Drake carried out the second circumnavigation of the world in a single expedition from 1577 to 1580. Crazy to think about going around the world in that era in a wooden boat. What kind of crazy person you'd have to be to, like, get the motivation <laughs> to want to do that. Cause like God, you just don't know what's out there. You That's why
1: they did it. Cause they didn't still know. thought there
0: were sea monsters out there. Probably. Uh, um, he was the first. He uh, was the first to complete the voyage as captain while leading the expedition through the entire circumnavigation. As you know, Magellan died before he finished
2: navigating the globe. Um, Yo, do you remember the kids' TV show when we were kids, Eureka's Castle? Yes, oh, I with the dragon that. Magellan, Magellan. Yes. who wore the Hawaiian shirt.
0: Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Was that was my guy. I loved that show. As big a kid. Magellan guy. I loved the Halloween special they had for that show specifically. I remember oh, watching it no, year, being very excited. I do. Cervantes uh, and Drake died of dysentery in uh, January 1596. As you do. As you do. After unsuccessfully attacking San Juan, Puerto Rico.
2: No new friends.
0: <laughs> Never start a war in Puerto Rico. Or else you get dysentery. Uh, Drake's exploits made him a hero uh, to the English, but his privateering led the Spanish to brand him as a pirate. I think like that's probably pretty common with most of these explorers from this era. Like, he's a hero, he's a pirate. What's the line? <laughs> is he your guy or is, is he, he their guy? Yeah, is he that's our guy? Is. is he our son of a bitch? Same as know. it is today. Yeah. Uh, In October 2012, all uh, of this culminated in the U.S. Department of the Interior uh, using the National Historic Landmark designation to formally recognize Drake's landing at Point Reyes, California, which is where he landed if you go there today and find out all that. So there you are, Sir Francis Drake, continuing the long tradition of this segment of uh, random... Ancient history that I don't have any other commentary for, so right. we can
2: we can move <laughs> random ancient history read to you from a page from a page quickly quickly. <laughs> uh,
0: on this day, nineteen ninety one, everything I do (parentheses) I do it for you in parentheses, by Brian Adams that was a great is song. released. It is the Billboard Song of the Year of nineteen ninety one. It was simultaneously released on his album, uh, Waking Up the Neighbors, and, and? The, the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack, which is something, I guess, did that still happen? You released a single, Duel, on like a soundtrack and your own album? I feel like it it's didn't happen. It's more rare now. I feel like that was pretty common back in the day, Super though. common. You like Aerosmith had that song on Armageddon that's also on their album. A lot of people. Al- yeah, yeah. people. Uh, is Paradise by oh, Julio. Yeah. Paradise, yeah. Yeah. Song was an enormous chart success, internationally reaching number one position in at least 16 countries. Went on to sell more than 15 million copies worldwide, making it his most successful song and one of the best-selling singles of all time. It has been covered by hundreds of artists and singers around the world. Uh, there are two ways we can go from this question. We can talk about Brian Adams, if you want, or we can talk about Robin Hood, uh, Prince of Thieves. I'll leave it up to you guys what you'd prefer to go in this direction.
2: Yikes.
1: <laughs> I, know. I,
0: you go Robin Hood? I can go Robin Hood with you. I have more content on Robin Hood. Oh great. Uh that movie holds a rotten tomato score of fifty one percent based on fifty three reviews right. I actually my mom was definitely into Kevin Costner at the time. Mm-hmm. Like that was my mom's movie crush in nineteen ninety one. was in that movie? Uh Alan Rickman played the Sheriff of Nottingham. Anybody else? I don't really know. Uh know. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh the movie Was Sean Connery in it? No. no. No, he was in Last Night, which is a different movie about Yeah, yeah we're Richard like, Gere's Lance. Yeah, 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 yeah it's I remember a different that movie. one. Uh, Roger Ebert praised uh, and, uh Morgan Freeman's performance as well as Alan Rickman's, but ultimately decried the film as uh as a murky, unfocused, violent and depressing version of the classic oh, story. Sure. Uh this was before the Russell Crowe version which doubled down on all the murkiness, unfocusedness and violence. Did you ever see that one? Oh, no. That is an outrageous film. Um The most depressing thing about this movie, Ebert says, is that children will attend it, expecting to have a good time. Costner was also criticized for not attempting an English accent, and he received two nominations uh, for Golden Raspberry Awards for Worst Actor, and I think Worst producer. Oh, Christian Slater, uh, favorite of Justin Parkinson, also received a Worst Supporting Actor nomination for that movie. However... It was the second highest-grossing film of 1991. Brian, huge hit. In there. <laughs> is that a big part of it? It's just the song was
1: huge. The song was in it, and the video was good, so people wanted to see the movie. Yeah,
0: second highest movie of the year behind Terminator 2: Judgment Day. So there you go. Uh, this is actually we're going to talk about Michael. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Kevin Costner another time later on at the end of this podcast. So hold on for more I Kevin Costner either. discussion. Another movie on this day in 1992, uh, Batman Returns, starring Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, and Michelle Pfeiffer, is released. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the second installment in the initial Batman f- series, uh, directed by, uh, what's his name there? Uh, the, the weird guy. Tim Burton. There it is. Uh, this movie came out in 1992. I was a huge mark for Batman. I loved Batman. Mm-hmm. I had all the toys and the t-shirts. Oh, yeah. Did you watch this movie back then? Yeah. Oh, Did yeah. it scare you? No. Mm-mm. I was scared of this movie when it came I'm out. i soft. I'm definitely <laughs> soft. Hey, know, 1992. Song. I'm, what is that? That means I'm six years old. Yeah. I was terrified of Danny DeVito as the penguin, especially in the end when he falls in the water and the blood's coming out of his That's gross. It's creeped out that the penguin uh, was so gross. And I was not yet old enough to appreciate Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. So it was a weird movie going experience. Well, I was just
2: starting to get old enough, I think, when Michelle Pfeiffer, when she was Catwoman, I'm like, huh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Actually, does this movie hold up? Have you watched it recently? Yes. I have not watched it. Big recently. time. Big yeah. time
0: holds up. Interesting. A lot of people say this is a big go, time yeah. holds up. Comes around. Bad. You know who's good in this movie? Uh, Christopher Walken is in this movie. One of the first times I remember seeing Christopher Walken mm-hmm. as evil businessman Max Shrek, and he's mm-hmm. really in full Walken mode. <coughs> uh, do you know who was originally cast to play Catwoman besides Michelle Pfeiffer? Danny DeVito. <laughs> Danny DeVito, that's correct. No, it was Annette Bening. Seems like a very Ooh. different Catwoman, right? Yeah. Uh, this movie grossed $266 million on a budget of $80 million, so it was a huge success. Uh, critics praised the action sequences, performances, Danny Elfman's score, although they criticized the dark tone. This was the last Batman movie featuring Michael I Keaton. I like
1: Michael Keaton.
0: Uh, I like Michael Keaton, too. This is bef- right before they went to Val Kilmer, was the oh. next Batman for uh, whatever that movie was. Terrible. Batman and Robin, Batman Forever. Batman oh. Forever.
2: Batman Forever. Uh, I think Batman Forever may be my least favorite of all the Batman movies.
0: Worse than Batman and Robin? Yeah, it's the worst movie. Mm. Yeah.
2: Mm, I don't know. Yeah, you yeah. don't like the Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey? I OB? do. I mean, it's I, I like all the Batman movies, so I have to rank one of them last.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's certainly not. Anytime
2: to- you want to get into a Batman and Robin, I see you. you I see you thinking about it, and I'm I ready for it. Don't. I'm ready for it. Let's go back to Batman Returns. Uh, one of the first movies that had
0: a parental backlash against it, criticizing it for being uh, too violent, too much sexual reference, inappropriate for children. Although it was rated PG-13 when it came out, yeah, so well, like children are not 13. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, McDonald's did shut down their Happy Meal promotion for the film uh tim burton has gone on to say that he likes this one better uh and that uh, all the backlash was dark he actually finds this movie to be less dark than the first batman movie if you think of it, the first batman movie also scared me especially when jack nicholson uh killed that guy with the feather in the in the beginning when jack oh, nicholson yeah, is the joke I yeah forgot. that movie i was creeped out by the villains of batman movies man they were good actors you guys want one more movie i got one more movie for you guys 2001 the first Fast and the Furious film starring Paul Walker and Vin Diesel is released. Uh, star, uh, the film follows Brian O'Connor, an undercover cop, uh, tasked with identif- discovering the identities of a group of unknown automobile hijackers led by Dominic Toretto, a.k.a. Vin Diesel. Uh, did we see this movie in the theaters?
2: I feel like we might have gone to see this.
0: You and me and... Our... I didn't go with you, but... I might have went
2: with Pat. I definitely went to see it in the theaters, but... Hmm. I feel like this was... I liked the first Fast
0: and the Furious movie. I didn't care for the second one. I did not see Tokyo Drift.
2: You should. I came back around with Fast and the Furious 5. No, no. With Fast and Furious. When that's brought, four. When they brought Dom Trato back.
0: I didn't watch that one you until should. after on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was excellent. Uh, upon release, this movie was a commercial success, grossing over $200 million worldwide, even though it received mixed reviews. Uh, it soon launched a media franchise in a series of seven sequels, Uh, The movies, they've made over $5 billion combined since 2001. Could you argue that Fast and the Furious is the best non-Marvel cinematic universe?
1: I wouldn't want it to be, but it is. I'd (laughs) I'd
2: have to sit down and chew for a minute, but Definitely better than Star Wars. No question. (laughs) No question that Fast and the Furious is better than Star Wars. Really fight me on Twitter. (laughs) Really come for me.
0: Uh, As of right now, there are two final uh, uh, films planned for the series. They're set to be released in 2020, 2021. There's also a spin-off series starring The Rock and Jason Statham called Hobbs and Shaw that will be released later this year. Oh, and there's also a DreamWorks animation TV series on Netflix called Fast and Furious Spy
2: Racers. So they're really leaning out into they're just like... They're
1: taking whatever they can now. I are going to go for it. So
2: corporations continue to enjoy money. Breaking news, folks. <laughs> corporations enjoy money.
0: Uh, this is considered the vehicle that... Uh, propelled lead actors Vin Diesel and Paul Walker to stardom rest in peace Paul Walker one of my all time favorites shout out to Dan Avisado. I know you were his biggest fan John's on Grown too John's on Uh what are your thoughts on Vin Diesel's career pretty successful career all things considered He's cash a... and checks <laughs> He's
1: not my favorite actor though
0: he is the most famous Hunter College alumni besides myself so I have to give him a lot of credit shout out uh, you know, we did it, buddy. We made it.
2: Uh, yeah, no, Vin Diesel, <laughs> he's getting that Marvel money now, which is nice yeah. for him, for him being in all the Marvel movies. And he doesn't even have to really, like, no. act in them. He's no. just doing the voice. He's not even, like, wearing That's a it. stupid costume. And all he says is, I am Groot, over and over, <gasps> different genius. pitches. You know, a lot of people said, was it Iron Giant, though? That was another movie that he did the voice for. He's got mm-hmm. a good voice for stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that gravelly... I also, I'll tell you what, I ride for the first Triple X movie. Yeah. <laughs> Triple I X, for the yeah, first movie. that's
0: right. Before they replaced him with Ice Cube, yeah, Was Ice Cube in the sequel, yeah, yeah. Triple yeah. X State of the Union, no. not that bad of a movie. Uh, let's go to our last history lesson on this day, 2015. Uh, the U.S. Treasury announced that Alexander Hamilton would be play- replaced on the U.S. ten-dollar bill. Spoiler alert: it has not happened. Uh, he is still on the ten-dollar bill. Do you guys want to know why he's still on the ten-dollar bill? You want to guess? No, um. No idea. What's the most popular musical on Broadway right now? Oh, Hamilton. Mm. Hamilton. They don't want him.
2: <laughs> they got that good press on Hamilton. 200 years later, people finally know about him. No, they know. Uh, in June 17th, um, to, uh, June 17th
0: 2015, Treasury, Sec- uh, Treasury Secretary Jack Lew announced that a woman's portrait would be featured on the redesigned $10 bill. On April 20th, 2016, it was announced that he, uh, Hamilton would remain on the bill. It was also announced that Harriet Tubman's likeness uh, like would appear on the $20 bill, getting rid of the vile Andrew Jackson. No more. No more. On August 31st, 2017, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said that they would not commit to putting Tubman on the $20 bill, explaining, hey, people have been on the bills for a long period of time. Suddenly we'll consider. Right now we have more important things to focus on. Yeah, that's on. definitely why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That must be it. That's definitely why. Uh, because of this, it appears that the redesigned $20 bill featuring Tubman might not be released until years after the original 2020 release date. It's never going to happen. Never going to happen.
2: Oh, yeah, well, I mean, we got to get these people out eventually. Yeah, eventually. Hopefully. <laughs> uh,
0: on this day, also on 2015, that same day, we might have talked about it, it was the first episode of the show uh, featuring guest Cliff Montoni. I went back to read the three-sentence synopsis I put on iTunes. We were talking about local business. Uh working in your community, and Saranac beer. So very What's... predictably what we were talking about at the time
4: yeah.
0: on on brand. All right. You guys ready to move on to a couple lightning round bit from other blogs and a mailbag question, honest-to-God mailbag question? Wow. You guys ready? All right. Uh, here's our first question. Guys, what is the food item that you have in the pantry that you never make? Food item you have in your pantry uh. that never gets made.
2: Those are... Uh... The things that come in the bags with, like, the rice, the The different, like, Spanish rice, like, lifting, that kind of thing. Those have been... We've had had those in the pantry at this house since the week that we moved to this apartment nobody's ever touched them. I've been broke,
0: like, painfully broke at certain points Mm -hmm. in time living in this apartment, and I've looked at those and said... (laughs)
1: <laughs> nah. I make those all the time. And they're good. I I, so that. I don't even know what the problem is. They're
2: delicious. Is. I like them quite a bit, but I don't know why. They're not hard. I don't know what the problem is. You know what I think it is? They feel like a side. It does yeah, feel like a side, it, not it, a it meal. A it feels like a side, but I feel like I'm not always making like a main like that. Like I'm not looking for something to put next to like broccoli and a chicken breast all the time.
0: <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to eat those pastas as a thing, like the nor pastas in the bag, like yeah, the broccoli yeah. and yep. chicken flavored. Yep. like those... The little flat noodles. The flat noodles. Oh. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. Egg noodles was actually my number on this. We have a bag of egg noodles that's been in the in the cabinet for I would say at least three years. Like we, I yeah, like we got egg. a lot of noodles that have been here for a long time. Yeah, pasta seems to be a pretty common one here. <laughs> we, <Pasta's, laughs> we got
2: those yeah. egg noodles for slow cooker um, for pot roast. Maybe
0: we used it. That's the last time we used them was we had the pot roast. Yeah, meat. I
2: was thinking something like some sort of like the chicken, like the Chinese style oh, chicken maybe. In the slow
1: cooker. We huh. have lentils.
2: Lentils. That oh. seems like a forever thing.
1: It's like something Zach wanted.
2: I feel like you know, I'm surprised Zach's not eating them raw. <laughs> <Just> crunching <laughs> on handfuls really of lentils. So- that that bag's a Jiffy corn
0: muffin mix. We had that box of Jiffy corn muffin mix was in the in there for a while before I decided to make it, and then I screwed it up because I didn't do it right, so it was a big waste. It was uh, that's it was- even
1: worse when the ambition's there and you mess it up. Yeah, and then I blew it. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. It was yeah. wild. I okay, so I thought <laughs> that
0: the cupcake. You know, you put the cupcake things yeah. in there, like the little thing. I thought that was enough to hold up the muffin. No, you still need to put it in the tins. Yeah, I'm
1: oh, not yeah. you did. No,
2: I yeah, like a Yeah, smug. No, you just put them right in the paper and put <laughs> the paper in the oven. Yeah, like an idiot. So they came out like all flat. It's like sunk. a, it's like a hockey puck. They <laughs> came out, and I was looking at. Him, I'm like, oh, well, you know, they're a little puck. He Goes, well, yeah, but you know, he's like, this this muffin tray is too big. They're not going to fit in there. When I was looking at it, I grabbed the muffin tray, popper, and it fits like a glove. And he's like, huh. <laughs> <That is
1: terrible. laughs> it
2: seemed like more muffin mixed than for just six I i've know. never <laughs> heard
1: anybody do that and you're a smart guy <laughs> also jello
0: jello seems to be something that people put that they uh, dies in their fridge i'll tell Patreon. you
2: what uh, i ride until the day I die for jello i think jello's gelatin, gelatin Oh pudding excellent both Ooh, got i prefer both. the pudding over the jello i think i would um, prefer yeah. pudding over jello probably but it depends uh all right next question you guys ready
0: Ready for the next question? Kevin? I'm very curious to hear your answer because I know you've talked about this in private. What percentage of your phone battery does it need to reach before you start internally freaking out and looking for the closest charger? Now, Kevin, you said you have that new phone that has the two-day battery life, so you're not even worried about this. No. But when do you start looking for a charger with your couldn't phone? I couldn't relate. ten um, percent so you're not you're waiting down till ten before you start looking for I don't need. I mean,
2: I can throw it on. There's like two different shifts I can make to various power save modes where I can stretch ten percent of battery over the rest of any day, even if it's the morning. Mm-hmm. Hey, what about you? What do you 1%. got? So you do sit on the
1: couch and I'll just sit there as long as I can with one percent.
2: I'm also I'm a big believer though of get the phone on the charger when you can. So if you're right. home, you're just sitting there. Yeah, maybe you got fifty percent battery, but if you got some time, throw it on the charger. Like, when I used to have an office and, like, an office and desk and everything, I'm sitting at my desk, I'll put my phone on the oh charger way. to get the juice so I can get it.
0: If I spend an hour on the phone in the morning, like, reading the news while I'm getting ready for work, listening to a podcast, I'll get to work sometimes, and by 10 o'clock in the morning, because I work in, like, a, a cell phone-resistant basement that gets no service, my phone's at, like, 40% by, like, 10 yeah. o'clock in the morning, and by about 40, 35%, I am ready to... Uh, to like find the charger I'm like I got to get it it's not going to make it through the rest of the day I'm not going to be able to get emails so yeah I think 40 for someone with an old mediocre iPhone I've is about also, where I'm looking for a charger
2: Yeah well that's the thing too like when your phone's get older you know and the battery starts taking a hit like the phone I had before this mm-hmm. one was like a 4 year old phone so that yeah, thing the battery would so crush bad. and I'd carry a charger with me um, this phone also it's cool cuz it's got the like the quick charge so if I use the cable that they gave me with it with the power yeah. pack they gave me with it I can go from 0 to 100% battery like 20 minutes, 25 yeah. minutes. I got the fast charger on this yeah,
0: iPhone, yeah. too, that I really like, it's actually. Nice. It's quite nice.
2: I'm ready for all the phones, I think, to be on
0: the charging stations, right? I That's bought been, one for that. You like it? He loves it. Yeah, I think I'm ready for that. Away from no more plugs. I feel like I hate... The plugs always die before the phones do. You gotta buy another charger, piece. after.
2: I'm always a firm believer of you should have three to five yeah. phone chargers that you have you should never be moving your phone chargers mm-hmm. you don't have to so get yep. one in your bed get one for your desk get one for like yep. your living room whatever you know what I mean and just have it that way get 10 foot cords and then than 10 feet a waste your time mm-hmm. alright
0: we'll move on to the last one and then I'll save the real life question for the end uh when I order at a restaurant that has a tip jar on the counter, I try and tip when the server is facing me rather than when their back is turned. Heather, have you ever dealt with this issue in yeah, private? How do like, you handle like it? like,
1: I take, like, the money, and I'm, like, The like, big and arc, it <laughs> hold it up, like, <laughs> Simba
0: <laughs> over pie. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I appreciate you. Look at I'm putting money
1: in here.
0: <laughs> I feel like you have to wait until they're... You have to either do it immediately as you're paying, right? You should, like, you give you them the money. it off the change. And put, yeah, and pull yeah, it off the change, put it in. Change. Or... Immediately when they hand you the food, if it's the certain type of place where you're going to pick them, give me the food, put the tip in the jar as you're doing it, so they see the transaction happen, and then you move on. I think you just got to make a point to catch them. I've done the one where you don't do it in time, and then you got to kind of like fight. Yeah, up like there I'm like, like tapping
1: on the top, like I just put more money in there. Well, because then you don't
0: want to be a jerk. Like, hey, I'm tipping you. Here's a dollar. Good for you. You know, you don't want you don't want to be that guy.
2: <laughs> but you, Sorry, I'm a firm believer. You go off the change.
0: Go off the change, right off the right change. As soon as the they change.
2: hand you the yeah, change, yeah. peel off whatever ones you got there, put them in the tip jar. Uh,
0: all right, let's Let's uh, let's go through the two local, st- the two local stories I have. Or not local stories, the two stories I have, and then we'll do our final segment. Uh, there were three product recalls that went around today, so if you guys have these products in your pantry... Send them to us. You should <laughs> send them to us. Uh, if you have Pillsbury white flour dough, you could be in danger of getting a e. coli. Uh, if you have ragu, there's plastic particles in it.
2: Plus particles and everything.
0: Yeah, I just read an article about that too. We're swallowing like eleven thousand particles a day or whatever. And if you have Monterey breakfast wraps in your freezers, it might have small rocks inside of it.
1: What is happening lately? They had like chicken that had rubber bands in it recently.
0: I would um, say the small rocks one is the one that yeah, makes me the no most why concerned. Yeah. <laughs> why do you have small rocks around there anyway? Like what's I know. Like, I understand, I'm assuming that ragu sauce has plastic in it. It tastes the way it does. That's not a shock for me.
1: I don't want uh, to eat it, though. And I
0: don't know if I... I guess... I didn't know you could just get E. coli from raw flour. I guess that's a news well, to me.
1: Well, if, if they used egg, it depends on how they bake it. Did ba- you have to cook the, the, pl- the that's flour. That's true. So...
0: Uh, Shout out to, again, Eric Tuttle, uh, not only for his questions that he sent in today, but his great comment on this on the internet. Uh, If you have any of these products in your pantry before the the recall, it was already an L. Shout out to Eric for my best tweet that I saw about that today. Uh, I had one, there's no local news this week. I went looking for a local news story and I couldn't find one. And the weirdest thing I saw was that they're moving the fitness mill. It was the only local story I saw that got a lot of coverage this week. I feel like it's a shame that I couldn't find a good local story for our four year anniversary unless you guys know one I'm missing. Anything? Nothing? No local stories this week? I'm trying to think. <laughs> All right.
2: I'll find something better for next week. Uh, shout You're out to the fitness mill, though. That's a thing. Yeah, it's yes. good, I guess. That's interesting. I, it, I mean, well, because it that's shows a, that they're expanding. The it's downtown. also a hell of a facility they got over there in New York Mills It's going to be unoccupied now, so you wonder what they're going to do. She's been in that facility for a really long time, long time. I guess. That's true. I didn't really think. It seems like uh, it seems
0: like an odd move, I guess. If you're, they That had like a nice clientele base probably already there. They like probably
1: have have more, any more room. Might
0: be older though. Like if it's been there for such a long time, it might. Maybe it is just they want to revamp the whole thing. Maybe I. I don't There's know. There's other
1: businesses I've left there too recently. So.
0: Yeah, I'm. I b i, I can not remember the last time I actually was in the fitness mill. So I mean, it's been a long time. That's just me not working out, being yeah. lazy. Uh, all right. Quick letter from Cousin Joe. My Cousin Joe's getting married in a few weeks. I'm going to be singing at his wedding. I'm not sure what I have to sing. I mean, I'm sure what I have to sing, but I'm not I'm not ready to admit it yet to everybody. Oh. Uh, he sent in a mailbag question. It's a, It's an embarrassing song that I don't
2: want to sing. We want to know? It's, I'll tell you later.
0: Sam's oh. uh, not a lot of embarrassing wedding singing. Hi-hi. This was his question that he, uh, he found. If you could have an extinct animal, this is my Cousin Joe, if you could have an extinct animal to make your pet, what would it be? Can you think of an extinct animal? Probably a dinosaur. I feel like, or some sort of prehistoric animal. I came up with a couple. Are You ready? Uh, how about a cave bear? Be dope to have a big cave bear for a pet, living around your house. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you could train all these animals, okay, by the I was way. But right, that's thing, the assumption. Like, it's your pet means that it's domesticated. It's a level it's of a golden yeah, yeah, trailer, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say Velociraptor. Oh, nice. High on the list because it'd be cool to ride in on the Velociraptor somewhere. Uh, I would say some sort of big herbivore dinosaur, like a Stegosaurus. Or like uh, or a, or a triceratops. Something like that. Mm. And then I also said an ichthyosaur, which is a big water fish from back in the day because it'd be dope to have an aquarium in your house with a big dinosaur fish. How about know? a pterodactyl? I don't like flying stuff. Birds, man. A big, giant, that, scary bird. Like a saber-toothed
2: tiger would be pretty but good. Yeah, but it's your pet. Yeah.
4: But
2: sure. You fly you around. Yeah. That's true. You could ride on yeah, its sir. back. That's a good call. I don't know blue mammoth. It's this question another ten years, there'll be some more exciting answers. Yeah, there's been
1: plenty of extinct animals, like just
2: a lion. <laughs> it's very good. It's regular stuff. <laughs> uh, Squirrels. All right, okay. so let's koalas. Oh. Let's go. Koalas, to koalas are effectively extinct I the day. Yo, koalas are not good pets, though. From they're what I heard, they're, they're vicious animals, are horrible, horrible animals, absolutely riddled with herpes. <laughs> it's true. I have read that as well. They are? Real life, yeah. yeah, 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 disgusting. Or I think no, maybe chlamydia. That's why
1: they're so miserable. They've got a
2: weird. Yeah, they're miserable animals. All right, let's get to our final story this week. I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, a little celebrity news
0: for you. Earlier this week, pop star Justin Bieber challenged Tom Cruise to an MMA fight on Twitter. Have you seen any of this? Either you guys see this on Twitter? No. Challenged him to a Twitter MMA fight. I don't think it was real. I think he was just trolling. But this got around on Twitter because Tom Cruise is 31 years older than Justin Bieber. First off, who wins this fight? Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise, right? Yeah, he's like a, get
2: worked. he's in a, he's like a, a maniac who like digs into all these roles. Like a Tom Cruise, is a lunatic who does his own stunts. his yeah. peak physical condition is crazy.
1: He's missing the concept
2: of and beer. has also got old man dad strength. So, what, old man strength <laughs> is a very real <laughs> it's thing. True. Yeah. So a lot of people took to Twitter challenging people
0: who were thirty-one years older than them to fight. So a lot of people were challenging like Sam Waterston. Uh, like Bernie Sanders. A lot of people just challenging elderly people to fight. So what I did is I went on the internet and I found a list of celebrities who are 64 years old, who are 31 years older than me. I'm going to run through a few of them. You stop me when you think I got to somebody who you guys think I could beat up in a fight. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) Could I beat up Kevin Costner, who is born, he's 31 maybe. maybe. No. Charlie, stop stabbing the chair. Can't scratch in the studio. Heather, smack that cat, will you? Oh no, I
1: don't want to hit him. Just so hit him. Bad.
0: There you go, Charlie. Get out of here, you know, little jerk. Oh gosh. Classic Charlie. Yeah. So no Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner too old, old man strength. I think for me, he's in good shape. How about Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean? He's thirty one years old no, than I me. I think you could get him. So I'm safe to chance Mr. Some, Bean.
2: Depends if he's some sort of madman like hooligan though. You never know those British like guys. Okay, he... we're the same age, right? Uh, close enough. You think you could take either? You could take Costner. Yeah, both. I'd take both of the cleaners. What about Bruce Willis? Uh, oh, I don't know about that. I'd like to he, see you and Bruce Willis. Be a closer call. Be a closer call for sure. How about James Cameron? Can I fight James? Oh my god, Can- I <laughs> would dog walk James Cameron up and down Fifth Avenue. <laughs> James- <laughs> no question. Not
0: Denzel.
1: No, I don't think Den, you could get him. Even
0: Denzel at 64 is still too much man for me. He doesn't
1: look 64.
2: How about Kelsey
0: Grammer? I'd love yeah. to get in a fight with Kelsey Grammer. I think Grammer.
2: you guys could win. As somebody who's literally stood physically side to side with Kelsey tall? Grammer, I got it on Kelsey Grammer. Is he tall? He's weak. He's, uh, all- he's tall enough, but he's, he's relatively frail. How about Angela Merkel? Angela Merkel also 64. Oh, I can definitely beat she up She's older than that. Yeah, you think so. She
0: she might beat me up. But I, I don't know if I am I are a can... little
2: Dutch boy haircut, I think.
0: Well, Mark David Chapman, the assassin of
2: John Lennon, he's also sixty-four years old. Have he you been in prison man? for like thirty yeah, years. Yeah, he's like no, dull. thank no, could you? He looks pretty. A man who's been in federal prison for thirty years. He looks and pretty brittle, rough. So he's looking. probably
1: unhealthy now and has been eating. Well. Got nothing
2: to lose. Has already tasted blood. Brazilian political leader Jair Bolsonaro is also sixty-five. He never seems fight like, in Brazilian. I'm not fighting never a Brazilian fight dude. In Brazilian,
0: no. Here's the one though, and you must be ready for this one, Kevin. Ray Liotta is sixty-four. Are you ready? You versus Ray Liotta. Okay. In, in the cage. Heather, I noticed you haven't mentioned any of these people. You could fight. Oh, They're all men. Yeah, <laughs> I know. How about Kathleen Turner? You and Kathleen Turner. Oh, could...
2: Who's Kathleen Turner? I think she's kind of, an actress. I don't think I would fight, though. I don't think I no, I can't like, see you fighting anybody. She's too, like, nice. You guys are... How about Condoleezza Rice? <laughs> I also thought she was way older. Uh... And, la- and here's one
0: for you. Elvis Costello. I think for me, this is the best fight here, right? 31-year-old El- I'm 31 years younger than Elvis Costello. We could have a nice I hipster slap fight. Mm-hmm. I think I I think I could take him. Uh, and that's it. Dana Carvey also as well. I'd take him in 30 seconds. Dana Carvey. So there you go. I'm 31 years younger than Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey, fight me. Come fight me for the ep- next week's episode of the Unicast. Uh, Heather, do you want to pull up your list? We, you no, told No, good. she doesn't want to... She mine didn't find was as boring. many people. Mine was
1: not. Mine wasn't All place. right.
0: Well, folks, thank you for joining us for four years of this podcast. woo uh, It really is. It's honestly crazy that it's been this 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 fast. It feels like it does not feel like four years. Uh, it's giving me a certain level of meaning to my life in a certain way. I don't mean that in hyperbole. It's giving me a certain level of uh, routine and creativity and anchoring me to doing something creative, which is very important to me. And I hope that you folks uh, have enjoyed it so far, and I hope you'll continue listening and enjoying and interacting with us uh, going forward. Uh, thank you again to Heather and Kevin and everyone who's been on the show. You can follow Heather at HeatherWaz1. You can follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan. You can follow me at SFDoom. Or don't just follow the show at Uticast. We are on Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts. We're taking over the web. Oh, for the 208th time, Cyanara Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. The tape machines are rolling. We are desperately out of time. We will be back next week, as always, because that's how we do. I.